Hey guys, I'm Jess. And I'm Nate. And we are going to tell you all the things you really want to hear. Four teens. So if there's anything that we haven't talked about yet or questions that you have that you'd like to know about, let us know by emailing us at realadvice4teens at gmail.com. And that's the number four. So once again, realadvice4teens at gmail.com. Well, hey guys, um, technically this is season two, episode two. Um, I gotta say, we really intended to do this every week, and it just hasn't turned out to be that way. We, I'm sorry, we're just so busy, but whenever we do get a question, um, we will answer it. That kind of motivates action on our point, or part rather. Um, please know, like, we're here, and if we go through spells where we just don't get episodes out very fast, um, or often, know that we're still here, and everything's still live, and we still intend to do podcasts as often as necessary. Um, things are just busy. Good busy, fun busy, but busy. Yes, busy. Yeah. We just got home yesterday from a cruise, our first cruise ever. And our first real family vacation, like mm-hmm. real big one. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you it has been needed for a long time. Yeah. Um, now that we're back, I feel super stressed out knowing that I have a week of things that I ignored. <laughs> and my phone broke. Just so you know, salt water and iPhones doesn't, I mean, it, it was in the water for like, 10 seconds or less and it still killed it it didn't even drop in the water water splashed up on his pocket and it killed it dead the green line of death is across it and it's constant reboot anyway so we got a email from sammy right yep and it was asking about existential crisis and i had never even heard of that I had no idea, so I had to do some research. Well, okay, Nate did the research for me (laughs) and gave it to me and said, here, read this. But I didn't, it's a great topic, fantastic topic. I just had never heard of it. So, you know, the first thing I thought was I, you know, I had this happen in my life. Um, And so I thought maybe I can share that story with you and I think Jess maybe even has some experiences as well and maybe it will help you Sammy or anybody else that um, is struggling you know get through these you know times if when you have an existential crisis so the first thing that you should really know is you know what is it Um, and really it's a moment where you really start to question everything especially about like who you are and where you're going in life and what's happening it tends to leave you feeling for lack of a better way to put it like a ship without a rudder you're just kind of being blown about on the sea um until we went on a cruise because i'm using a ship analogy mm-hmm. um but there are there are five types of existential crises um one where you question like the meaning of life and what your meaning of life is what life is for you what it means what what's going to happen what you're going to do with it whatever um questioning your values or reasons um if there's like a big transition in your life like maybe you move to a new place or 
Um, you have a boyfriend or girlfriend for a really long period of time, they dump you or you dump them. That's a big change. Um, loss, which is typical um, death, whether it was planned or not, that can help trigger it. Um, or remaining true to yourselves, meaning like you might be in a situation where you don't want to change who you are, but somebody wants you to. So those are, you know, five things that could lead to it and lead you to be in a position where you just might be feeling a little bit lost. So, Which I think happens, right? I think it happens to everyone throughout their law, throughout their life, and maybe not necessarily all of them. But I think everyone goes through at least one of those, don't you? Well, yeah, like, I mean, I'm looking at this, and, and, and probably the best example I have of this, it's happened a couple times in my life, but the best example was when I was 25, I think, I got divorced, well, separated from my first wife. Um, and when that happened, that big change, it uh, brought about a lot of new feelings, a lot of concerns, a lot of um, sadness, depression, anxiety, you, know, you name it. Um, and I started doping. I started uh, trying to deal with the issue with uh, alcohol myself, and so I started drinking a lot, um, which caused me to really question the purpose of my life because I just didn't feel like I had one. Um, I didn't have somebody to listen to me, meaning like a wife or a significant other. I had two little kids that were really little at that point, and... I didn't feel like I was a good parent because I was drinking and sad all the time. And it really just kind of led me to sit and wonder, like, what's the point of all of this? And if you, you know, you go on with existential crises in your life, crises in your life, um, some of the things that you really need to look for, like if you feel like you're drowning, um, if you have thoughts of meaninglessness, um, if you feel like, or rather if your feelings are like interfering with your day-to-day, -day, like if you can't function, um, if you're medicating with alcohol or substance, other substances, or if you have suicidal thoughts, um, you know, or even a plan, these are some things like, that's when you need to really get help. Um, seek out, you know, mental help, professionals, doctors, whatever, because it's starting to get pretty serious at that point. I mean, as humans, it's normal to go through lots of emotions, but when we bottle things up and we don't deal with them appropriately, it leads to us trying to deal with them ourselves. And if we deal with it ourselves, sometimes it works. And oftentimes it just makes things worse. In my case, it made things worse. I became, um, really angry um, and, and it led to me feeling like I just didn't have a point and I became suicidal, um, even made a plan to commit suicide. And ultimately, uh, my children um, and the thought of my children needing me was the thing that really stopped me from actually carrying it out. I remember I was even uh, driving to a place where I could find a, a gun to end my life and um, an image of my kids played in my mind. and. Really, for me, in that moment, I realized, okay, well, if I'm not going to kill myself because I didn't feel like I had a point of living, then what's the point? What else is there to life? And then there was my kids in my mind, and 
I, for myself, and this doesn't have to be for everybody, but for myself, I found religion for myself. And for me, it, the answer was finding solace and help through God. And that's what I was able to do. Um, from there, I was able to pull myself up. Um, I feel like the Lord helped me pull myself up and dust me off and sent me on my way and really helped me um, overcome. The story is a lot deeper than I guess I'm really sharing now, but I just know that when you lose sight of who you are, you lose hope, you lose focus, and you start to feel like you don't matter. Um, ultimately, to be honest, I remembered that I was a son of God, and he was my heavenly father, and that I had a greater purpose than I could possibly imagine, and that if I put my hope in him, rather than trying to rely on myself um, through doping with alcohol and other things, um, that I might be able to accomplish more. And so I put hope into something else and thought, well, you know what? I don't want to live. I failed myself. I failed life as a human um, because I just I couldn't get past the challenges that I had, and alcohol was kind of honestly killing me. Um, that I would try something else. And I'll be honest, religion has saved my life and taken me places I never thought I would go. That it reminds me, I've been reading a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Super popular book. If you haven't read it, read it. It's by Victor E. Frankel. Yep. And he was in concentration camps and he was a psychologist. So it's in, I love historical fiction. This is a different type because he doesn't really write it in a story. He just writes experiences. It's, it's interesting. It's not historical fiction. It's true. Yeah, it is true. So he says, though, um, in it, the Latin word finis has two meanings, the end or the finish and a goal to reach. And it says that like the men in the camp, if they ceased living for their future, like they didn't see a future for themselves anymore, they would start to decay. And those were the people that would die because they didn't have a goal. And in, I think it's a part in this book, it says that when you know your why in life, it's easier to see your how. You know, if you have, a, if you have goals in life, it's easier to see how you're going to accomplish those really hard things you go through. And like for Nate, his kids were his why. And so he could see a how because of his why. If that makes sense. I don't know if I'm even making sense. He told it, but in this book, he told a story about a man who he had a dream that he would be out by a certain date. And he went to him and said, I had this dream that we're going to be, re I'm going to be released on March. I don't even remember what day it was. I marked it in the book. But anyway, so he said like the last day in March, I'm going to be released. And as that day got closer and closer, they had no signs of being released from these concentration camps. And he ended up dying on that day. He wasn't released. I mean, he was released from the awful things he was going through. But he kind of gave up hope and his life just spiraled downhill from there. So I think when we're in these crises, see, crises? Crises. 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 <laughs> um, it really helps to have something you're looking forward to. 
And sometimes that's hard because we don't want to, maybe you don't want to think 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the road. Maybe it's just in one year. Maybe it's, I'm going to graduate high school in one year, or I'm going to get accepted to a college in six months. Whatever it is, it's so important to have these shorter term goals and longer term goals so that when life gets hard, you have a reason to keep existing, basically. Yeah. Um, that reminds me, we did an episode on the power of why. Um, this was episode four um, back in June last year. It's just called the power of why. That can kind of go into what knowing why you're doing things um, can really do for you. So like if you haven't heard that or um, you haven't heard it in a while, go back and listen. Um, but really just knowing why, having a why. Like maybe you, it's actually really common in colleges and universities for university students to have a pretty high suicide rate, unfortunately. And that's because it's just so overwhelming. There's a point where stress becomes too much um, and there's also a perfect area um, or level of stress that can help motivate you to accomplish really good things. Um, and it's interesting that if we lose sight of our why, stress leads to anxiety or depression or whatever, and that leads to giving up um, mm -hmm. hope and feelings of meaninglessness or hopelessness. And then that can lead to suicidal tendencies or thoughts and then plans and then ultimately actually trying to carry it out. Um, but it also can lead to illnesses in your body. It can, I mean, there's so many stories about people who were on their deathbed, but they didn't want to die, whether that was from cancer or disease, and they just had that will to live. And once they lost it, then their body died. Because the body knows, like, when you have given up. It knows when you have given up that hope. My grandma... She has a friend who's around her age and her husband died and she has said like, I just don't want to live anymore. I, and she calls my grandma and will be like, which is so funny to me. She's like, I just went to the doctor and I'm perfectly healthy. And she's super upset that she's healthy and she just got COVID. And she told my grandma, oh good, I have COVID, maybe I'll die. Because she's just miserable and she got COVID and she got better from it. It wasn't necessarily that, but she just gave up and she just recently died. It only took a couple weeks for her to not want to live, which is sad. I think our bodies really know that when we've given up or when we're still fighting. And well, having a why helps you fight. Well, it's like in the notebook. In the yes, notebook. guys. The movie, You're relating it to the, the movie, notebook. The Notebook. If you haven't seen it, it's the movie that made Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling, and Rachel McAdams, Rachel McAdams. But ask your parents if you can watch it. Don't take advice from us on watching. Movies. Oh, it's PG thirteen. But anyways. Oh, but it's the cutest. In the end, this is a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler no, you can't alert. spoil I'm going it now. To, so listen, Are you if you kidding? haven't heard the story, turn it off now. Turn it off. Watch the movie. But in that movie. Um, the wife dies and the husband basically dies with her because his wife or even living that was her is gone. And so he dies. I've heard of that happening. That's a, that happened to my grandparents. I've heard it did happen to your grandparents. It did. My not, great, not in the exact same timing, but, but no, it was, 
I think he died like three days later and he was perfectly healthy. His it, wife died and they say he died of a broken heart because he had no other things to live for. Oh, the notebook. We should watch that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's true, though, and it's powerful. Like your reasoning for doing anything is if it's not powerful enough, you won't overcome whether it's life or it's a test at school mm-hmm. or it's a wonderful teenage love relationship that just mm-hmm. happens during the summer and dies in one day because it's teenage love. <laughs> no, but it's, it's true though. Look at your why. Look at your why. Um, so this is, you know, there's some good stuff that we could talk about, but really, you know, when, if you're dealing with an, ex, an existential crisis, I think the best thing to really understand is, is how do you overcome them? And we have eight reasons, eight things that you can use to defeat an existential crisis. And we are totally stealing this off of a website called betterup.com. Okay. Yeah, so we went to So this Google. is not I mean we'll we'll share I'm going to give you my give, I'm going to give you yeah. my spin on it, but Yeah, but But it's true. So the, the first one is is rely on loved ones. Um so part of the issue is is we when we're going through an existential crisis, we tend to kind of lose ourselves. So in those moments, you need to rely on people who then know you um, and then let them just kind of become your identity for a while. And we're not necessarily talking about friends specifically. This is more like your, your actual family. Um, and if you don't have that, your extended family. Um, but you, you need to go to somebody that actually loves you and is there for you and has been there for you for a while. Which could be friends. It, it could, could be if they've been there for a really long time. And but if sometimes, they're the good friends that like support you and want to raise you up and want to help you be better. Sometimes fleeting relationships, people can get you to do things you don't want to do. So think about those friendships and ask yourself, has this person gotten me to do anything that I didn't really want to do and it made me feel bad afterwards? Yeah. If that's the kind of relationship that it is, they're probably not the person you want to rely on. But For sure. Um. Anyway. But yeah, just having your family and your good friends to just help you out and help you see the positive and be there for you. Well, I, what the main thing is, is don't let yourself just be alone. Yes. Don't lock yourself in a room and drown your woes behind a Mountain Dew and sad love songs. Behind a Mountain I, Mountain Dew, it's ice cream and sad love okay, songs. Okay, or a, or a bucket of frosting. Whatever it may be. Was that what you did? Ate well, no, but I do, I do remember um, watching a movie. What, what was it called? I think it was called Death Becomes Her. Anyways, was it chocolate frosting? I think hers was no, white frosting. there was another She's show. sitting there sad crying and just um, eating this big tub of frosting that's because that's what she did when she was sad. Um, the it's point is, ice cream, guys. you need not be alone when you're having issues like this, especially where you feel alone or don't know who you are. In those moments, you need to be around people most. I mean, and okay, to an extent, but it is okay to be alone and be sad, just not for a long time. There's a story of a girl who she was severely burned. I show this to my students because there's a drunk driver that did that. Anyway. And she was severely burned, and she said that she let herself be sad for five minutes every day. She got to feel sorry for herself and bad, and the rest of the time she was going to forget about it and do the best she could. And she lost, like, fingers and her nose. Like, she was so, so burned. 
And so for five minutes, she felt sad and then she went about her day. And you know what? I think it's okay to be sad, be alone for a while, but then pick yourself up, rely on people that care about you. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, don't, don't bury it, deal yeah. with it, but like, don't, don't over deal with it either though. Don't... Oh, there's another quote about emotions in here. Well, when you find that, a thought that I had was okay. our experiences, they don't define who we are. They refine who we are. Mm. Um, so don't let something hard that you're going through or feelings that you have be who you are. They're not who you are. You're not sad. You're not mopey. You're not depressed. You're not anxious. You're not, that's not who you are. You are you. You are you. Yes. All of those experiences just make you who to into who you're going to become. But ultimately you get to decide, you know, what you do with it. You get to decide who you're refined into based on how you let it impact you. It really is your choice. That being said, like if you're clinically depressed or clinically anxious and things like that, that's a little bit different and you do need help, but, but that still doesn't, that still define, doesn't you. define who you are. Yeah. Okay. It's not like, it's not like there's a magic switch you can flip. Sometimes there is, but don't just let it become who you are. Let it refine you instead. Okay. So it has it in like, this is back to the book, Man's Search for Meaning. Yes. It has it in, I think, Latin, which I am definitely not even going to try to say. Are you going to try it, Nate? Well, where's it at? Are you going to try to say this whole... Let me see. Oh, oh that. he's going to try it. If anyone knows Latin... Oh, yeah. That's too much. <laughs> I didn't think he would say it. All right. Um, but it is emotion, which is suffering, ceases to be suffering as soon as we form a clear and precise picture of it. And I really like that. I'm in a, um, right now I'm like training to be a yoga teacher. So I'm getting like certified in that. And we just did an emotional meditation where we chose our emotion and we really felt our emotion. And we felt where do we feel it in our body and what experiences have we had with that emotion. And we, and it's, it kind of sounds silly, but like I accept you. Mm -hmm. And whatever the emotion is, I accept you anger. So you say that to yourself, which it does kind of sound silly, but it's so good to be able to accept those emotions you're feeling and then understand how they're affecting you. You can't just bottle it up and say, I'm not going to deal with any of my emotions. And I did that for a lot of my life. And now, you know what? If I get angry, that's okay. That's a normal emotion and I'm going to accept it. And I'm going to understand how it makes me feel and how I work with that. And then if I don't react a certain way that I like, then you know what? The anger is okay, but I need to work on my reaction. So I really like that quote in there that emotion ceases to be suffering once you like understand it. I don't know. It was well, really good. I like that. Um, because if you think about it, I mean, it is. It's a normal emotion. Mm -hmm. Sadness. How you, how you react is your choice though. Yep. People can make you feel sad. People can make you feel mad. Just like people can make you feel love and happy. And the way you react to it is up to you. Yep. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, that really kind of leads into this, this other one, express how you feel. Like mm -hmm. don't leave things bottled up. Don't ignore them. Um, it's important to listen to what makes, or rather like what you're going through is telling you. Learn from it. Um, write it down. Write your thoughts. Like you have to have a way to express yourself and sometimes you don't want to sit down and talk to someone and cry 
sometimes you just need to write it down in a journal. Maybe I had, oh man, my journals from like eighth grade, maybe ninth, eighth, I think. Whew. They were not the happiest journals. She showed me these. They're, they're they were scary. They're dark. And I would like scribble things and there were plenty of cuss words in them. It was them. like Edward Scissorhands. Oh my gosh, I wasn't Edward Scissorhands. But you know what? I was able well, to he get... Was, he was beautiful on the inside. I don't even know if I've seen on that. The outside. He wasn't... He, he just was scary because he had like, you know... Scissor hands. Massive scissors for hands. Anyway, was, anyway. So yeah, I would like write down all my emotions and sometimes I would rip up the paper and throw it away and sometimes I wouldn't, but it's so important to be able to express your emotions and understand that they're okay. Well, even if it's just through writing it down, mm -hmm. um, I'm going to be honest with you. Like that's one of the, I think that's honestly become one of my real strengths is yeah. I can take a situation um, and find the silver lining, try to find um, what there is to be learned from it for me. Um, my experiences really do, really have made me who I am, but I have learned who I am by examining experiences and finding out the lesson that I needed to learn from it. And That's I've true. found that if you can do that, then those problems, those challenges, those issues don't come back to haunt you. Um, again, they don't define me. They refined me instead. So, Nate. So, writing them down has helped me do that. Of, true, but you said you're really good at finding the silver lining. So, what is the silver lining in you breaking your phone in Mexico and, and your GoPro? And my second GoPro. Hmm? Second. So Second, actually, guys. actually, What's the, silver the, thi lining? The, the thing that I actually learned from it mm -hmm. was um, that the world and things of the world are fleeting. Um, they don't last long and they're not permanent. They're impermanent. But my family and the experiences that I have with my family are the things that actually are lasting. So like, for example, the day on the beach that my phone got wet for 10 seconds and was destroyed, my family and I played in the water for hours. And guess what? Nobody got hurt. We're still here. We Whoa, have lovely, I got stung by a jellyfish. Well, it's still, but we still have stories to tell and experiences that we've had. And we enjoyed it greatly. The point is, the world is fleeting. The things that really matter in this life are the things that we actually take for granted most usually. And he gets a new phone. I didn't want a new phone. <laughs> I know you didn't. I didn't want one. Guys, I don't necessarily love phones, but I love taking pictures with my phone just because I, and she's the one that got me on that kick. But I take pictures of tons of things because I don't want to forget stuff. And my plan was to get the new iPhone because the iPhone 14, when it comes out in September, um, because the rumor is it's supposed to have this wonderful camera. Instead, my phone dies, and now I'm stuck getting the 13 because I need a phone, and I'm just not going to have you the nice camera. You know you could just buy a cheap phone till September. It's true. I could have, but then I'm wasting that money. So I'll just keep a cheaper phone for a while, and you can get the 14. Oh. I'm gonna oh, I what? I get a newer phone than you? Sure. We, uh, That's the camera, never happened. The camera is awesome. Never. Okay. So, and with your existential questions... You can write them down and like think about like why am I thinking about this? Why does this matter to me? Why is it important? Why is it on my mind? You know, and sometimes that helps. 
Um, the next thing is find joy in the small things. You know, sometimes when we're going through something and it's really hard, it's so easy to see, and this is going bad, wrong, and this is going wrong, and this yeah. is going wrong, and this is going wrong, you know, and it's hard to see the good things. I mean, even when your life is totally awful and horrible, there still is something to be grateful for, you know? And even if it's that you have clean socks, then <laughs> what? <laughs> that could be something to be No, it's true, for. though. When you can't find clean socks, it's frustrating. But and then you're forced to wear dirty you never ones. You have like 500 pairs of socks. Well, I know, but I knew what it was like to be a, a teenager and steal he, my brother's socks. True, but he has a whole drawer full of socks. A whole drawer. Because in I our have dresser. certain socks that I have to wear at certain times. Anyway, but <laughs> right, but really, even like the smallest things, like I have two legs that I can walk on. I have all my have, toes. Have we shared? Have I shared the analogy, like the the toy analogy, on this show before? I I teach a lesson with this. Um, no, I don't think you have shared this, but I know what you're talking about. The picture? So, yeah, so yeah. I'll put up a picture in my classroom of various toys. Red, blue, green, yellow, purple, whatever. Just different colored toys. And then I'll say, okay, hey, you know, guys, I'll say, I'm going to show you a picture. I want you to see how many blue toys I want, I, I, you see. I want you to look and, and count up the amount of blue toys you see. And then I'll put the picture on the screen, and then I'll take it off. And then I'll say, okay, how many red toys did you see? And they'll be like, what? Well, I, I saw, some of them, they'll say like, I saw red toys, but I don't know how many. You told us to look for the blue toys. You're, I'm like, you're right, I did. But here's the thing. When you're only looking for, in this case, the blue toys, if you're only looking for the bad, you never see the good, mm -hmm. even though it's there. So if you stopped to look, and then I would put the picture back on and say, now how many red toys do you see? Like, oh my gosh, there are more red toys than there are blue ones. It's like, yeah, there are, or, or whatever. The point is, if you're only looking for the bad, you're only gonna see the bad. If you're only looking for the good, you're only gonna see the good. But you are the one that decides what you want to look for. Or in reality, you know, maybe you're, you know, if you're old enough to drive, you get some jerk guy that's tailgating you and he honks his horn and flips you off and everything else. And then at that point, he tells you what you're looking for. He tells you that you're looking for something angry because now you're angry. Mm -hmm. You can then decide, well, just because my teacher told me to look for blue toys or this guy tells you to be mad, I can look for red ones or I can decide what I want to look for. I can look for the thing that I want to see. You get to True. decide that. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that analogy. Um, and even having like a gratitude journal really oh can help just writing goodness. or telling someone like three things a day, three things a day that you're grateful for. And I don't know, everyone can tell you this and tell you this and tell you this and tell you this, but it's because there's scientific like proof that this makes you a happier person. Three things every day. That's Trying it. to see the good. I have kept a gratitude journal now for couple years i should put that on instagram everyone write three things they're grateful for you should and all our followers so can i do that. this i do this every day okay i do it in the morning thinking about my previous day a lot of people do it at nighttime thinking about the previous day but i do it every morning because i have to reflect a little bit harder um but i will write down three things that i 
am grateful for for that day. And then I will write down one thing that I personally loved from the last 24 hours. And I write that down every single morning. And it, it helps me be a happier person because I'm thinking more throughout the day about things that I can write in my gratitude journal in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it, it's crazy what that one little tiny thing that takes me two minutes in the morning does. Just two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So um, another one is focus on what you can control. So in my class, I teach uh, locus of control. Basically, do you feel like things just happen to you or you make things happen? Like, are you in control of everything or do you feel like it doesn't matter what you do, everything's going to happen? And in that lesson, we talk about like what you can control and what you can't control. And really, you can control so much more than what you can't control. But it's good to understand like other people's actions towards you. You can't control that. There's nothing you can do. And that for me has helped a lot. I remember I read in a book about anxiety and just understanding like what you can and can't control. And sometimes in the moment we get really frustrated but there's nothing we can do about the situation. And like the next day I was driving to work and I had a bowl of yogurt sitting in my car and as I'm driving, it spills all over my school bag. And at that moment, I didn't have napkins, I didn't have tissue, I didn't have anything. There was nothing I could do. So I could get mad over it or I could realize, okay, there's nothing I can do, I'll clean it up when I get to school. And that really helps a lot, understanding when you can control something and when you cannot. And when someone's treating you a certain way or someone breaks up with you or if someone yells at you or whatever, not blaming yourself for that. Understand they have to control themselves. I can't control it. But also taking responsibility for your actions like, oh, I didn't study for a test. I got a bad grade. It's not because my teacher hates me. It's because I didn't study. So there's like a balance of locus of control of understanding when you control things and when you can't. Well, that's good. It made me think of two things. One was that quote from, we just finished the TV series Smallville, which came out a long time ago. But in that, long time ago. In that series, I don't even remember what episode, it's toward the beginning. Um, Lex Luthor, is it Lex Luthor that gives this quote? He says, people are, basically I'm slaughtering it, okay. But he says, people are not the last conversation you had with them. They are a collection of all the conversations you've had with them. Mm-hmm. The point being, if somebody's mad at you in a given moment, think about all the conversations you've had with that person. Are they always mad? If not, just because they're mad once does not, uh, does not mean in that moment now all of a sudden they hate you. The way they feel about you is reflected in all the conversations they've had to that point. I really thought that's a very poignant point to make. So if somebody's upset with you, don't take it super harsh um, or really hard on yourself, you know, just reflect on the situation and remember that's just a momentary thing. But then if you think about it and somebody is always like that with you, the problem isn't you, it's them. Yeah. So you can look at it that way. And then the other thing I thought was, you know, with football, we, we had a shirt a couple years ago. We make shirts, different shirts every year. Actually the senior kids get to pick, but this one shirt said control what you can control on the back of it. And that's just the shirt they wore that year. And you know, looking at football, think about, you know, what you're playing on the football field. What are things that you can control? 
you can control you. You can control your actions. You can control your effort. You can control what you eat before and after the game. You can control how you prepare for the games. You can control your workout. You can control all that stuff. You can't control the refs. You can't control penalties. You can't control the other team. You can control what you can control, and you can't control what you can't control. So why get frustrated and mad about things like the refs or another kid jarring at you on the other side of the field. Why worry about that? It's nothing you can control. You can't stop them from doing what they're going to do or say. So don't let it get under your skin and cause you to play a game in a way that you would not play. If you are impacted by something somebody does to you, you're not on your A game. Just be you, just do you control what you can control it, it, it's amazing it's, it's really that's good advice easier said than done and it takes a lot of self-control like telling yourself okay i can't control this and you, you know changing your it's mindset. being mindful it's being mm -hmm. mindful of what's going on it's it's learning how to direct your emotions rather than letting your emotions direct you yeah speaking of mindful the next one is practice mindfulness and meditation which in yoga we always think of it as like the poses and balancing and all the weird things but like the weird poses and stretches is actually so much more a lot of it is meditation and breathing and like being true to yourself it really has been really cool and mindfulness is amazing just seeing things for what they are and being aware of your emotions and then it really meditation is actually is really good and sometimes it's really hard and it was so hard for me because my mind would wander and i would think i was doing it wrong but it's okay it's totally fine if your mind wanders and then you come back to whatever you're doing lots of youtube ones could try those i like to do them before i fall asleep they don't have to be long either no one minute a day. i i yeah one minute or or even less like even just breathing exercises can be a form of meditation to get you to calm down mm -hmm. like i'll tell students i've had students um have real serious anxiety problems in class and I'll take them out in the hallway and they'll say, okay, I want you to breathe in for eight seconds. And they'll be like, okay, so they'll breathe in for eight seconds. And I'll say, I want you to breathe out for eight seconds. And then I want you to breathe in for six and then out for six and then in for four and then out for four and then in for two and then out for two. And then I want you to repeat it. And then I'll leave them in the hallway and then I'll come back and check on them a couple minutes later and they'll be like, okay, I'm good. And it's because the breathing and the focusing on your breathing and the timing yourself on your watch with your breathing all of that is, is it's, it's a trick that forces you to take your mind off of what it was that caused you to feel that anxiety or whatever it was and focus it somewhere else. It literally causes your heart to slow down. Meditation is that. It's trying to put your mind somewhere else and away from what's going on in the world so that you can disconnect and just have a moment of clarity, a moment of peace, a moment of sanity because the world's an insane place sometimes. Sometimes. I mean, there's lots of different types of meditation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a, just a quick one. Yeah, there's a lot of... If you need, like, tips on breathing exercises and meditation, email us because I have a lot of them because of this class I'm taking. And YouTube, there's a bunch, too. So. There are, yeah. Um, having support groups, I mean, I don't know, meeting other people, sharing experiences, listening, I think that's really great. And then reconnecting, like, with your purpose. What is your purpose in life? And we talked about that, like, your why. 
What is it that you're wanting to accomplish? Why are you here? What are you doing with your life? And that I think really, really helps. And I think we have to say this again, like we're not doctors. No. Okay, obviously if this is serious, you need to see a doctor. We're not. Well, we're just two people trying to help you out. No, but for real, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling sad, if you're feeling especially suicidal, having thoughts of suicide, planning it out, like these are the moments where you need to reach out and get help. There's even a phone number on this website you can call. Where did it go? Right there. 800-273-TALK. So 800-273-8255. It's just a hotline that you can call that's open 24-7 to where you can just talk to people. And the good thing about talking to an absolute stranger is, guess what? They don't know you. They don't even care who you are necessarily, but it's somebody for you to bounce things off of, and they're not going to judge you. So, Yeah, I mean, there you go. I hope this helped you, Sammy, and I hope it can help other people, you know, with whatever you're going through. I think this is such a great topic. I really... I really do. I think it's inspired. So thanks for that, Sammy. And guys, if you've got questions, please ask them. Like we have quite a few listeners on here, but um, the questions almost, well, they don't almost, they promote us to ask They or act. They push us to act. If I had a question every week, we would do a podcast every week. If we had lots and lots of questions, we'd do mini podcasts with big ones. We just haven't had a lot of questions. And where we're busy, it, it makes it really hard to have ideas and to fit things in um and if you ask a question and we email you back an answer if you want us to do a podcast about it tell us because i know there's been some questions we've just responded and maybe you wanted a podcast you know so yeah if you're like hey can you share us on a podcast and then ask your question or hey can you just respond to me and i don't care if you do on a podcast you know whatever but yeah our email is realadvice teens at gmail.com that's the um, number four and it is the number four and we are still on instagram as well jess is on there all the time um, i excuse you she lives I like am, what, what what did it say like nine hours a day on instagram are you, are you kidding me let's look <laughs> let's look at my instagram how much time i spend on you can it. tell that she actually tries really hard not to spend time on social i do media. i even put a screen time limit for myself on it because she knows that it will be a problem okay if she time doesn't. spent zero minutes on my daily average well maybe that's if you spent we were more on a time, cruise that's true exactly and if you spent more time on instagram maybe you'd get more people okay i'm just teasing. no my daily average usually on instagram is only like 15 minutes so that's not too bad right yeah, but you do it for school. Hey, and you're on your phone way more than me. Your screen time is way higher than mine. Oh, it and is. the kids play on do my phone. Do you know phone. how much writing I do on my phone, though? Do you know how many games he plays? Retro Bowl? I don't even have Retro Bowl on my phone. Yeah, you played it on my phone for like two hours on the plane yesterday. On the plane? Because it, what else is there to do? Talk to your wife. You were sitting away from me. <laughs> Read a book. Now's the time to talk. We're going to talk to each other right now. <laughs> All right. Anyway, guys, email us. Share it with your friends. Hopefully this helped you. If it did, we'd love to hear again from you, Sammy. And anything you guys want to share with us, share your fun summer things you've done. And if anything, just know that you're out there, you feel alone. Just know that we really, we don't know you personally, but we do love you. Um, We do care um, and we do want to help however we can. 
Yep. Have a fantastic week.